Get your Allen keys ready, because we're putting together this episode of the Mess Hall Podcast. I was going to start it as, start the car, start the car, which is my favorite Ikea ad. So if you haven't guessed it already, we're doing Ikea foods this week, so. No, we're doing Swedish foods. Oh, okay, we're doing Swedish foods that we found at Ikea. Well, where else are we going to find Swedish foods? Down at the Swedish Emporium? No, at Ikea. Okay. Ikea was named after the founder, Ingvar Kampred, and the farmer he grew up, Elm Terid, which was outside of Angenyard. So I-K-E-A. Okay. Ikea. It's kind of a stretch, I think. And we are starting off with Bub's Candy, which we they sell at the bulk in Ikea, except yeah. because of COVID, they were pre-baked. Bub's Candy are also Swedish, manufactured since the 90s, and the name, also an acronym for the first name of the family's kids, who were Bernd, Ulrich, Birgitta, and Stefan Lindstrom. So we have two acronyms right off the bat. <laughs> are, are the Swedes known for their acronyms? I, I don't think. <laughs> and yeah, we have their banana caramel, oh, banana yeah. caramel candy. So they don't, yeah, we can start. <laughs> You're hesitantly going towards the bag. I don't think it's like a, I said caramels, but I don't think they're, I think it's caramel flavor because they look like they're not chewy, like say a caramel, like a soft they almost look like they almost look like those banana can like they feel like yeah. those banana yeah. candy, but they're round and they say bub. Half is beigey and half is half is yellow. Caramel parts, all right. The banana part is like antibiotic, spongy. It is spongy. I'm not as sophisticated as you trying both parts at different times. I just jammed the whole thing in my mouth and I then tried them together. <laughs> it's not a good candy. I thought it was all right. It's like the banana candies you used to get. But not as hard. They were more marshmallowy. I think when you had them hard, they were just stale, but I could be wrong. Oh. <laughs> so could you get them non-stale? Then? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but it had a little bit of a caramel flavor. So I think the next time I get a milkshake, I'm getting a banana caramel milkshake. That's a good idea. I found that the banana tasted banana-y, but like slightly green banana. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Which is not how I like my bananas. <laughs> yeah, here, pass me another one. I need to... I need to... Uh... <laughs> We don't have guests today, so he just whiffed it at me from across the room. The texture is intriguing. It's like spongy and gelatinous all at once. I do not like this candy. <laughs> I think it's better. Like I tried it your way. Mm-hmm. I just tried something. Like, I bit off the caramel, then I bit off banana. I like it together. Together, yeah. I, I. It's a better candy together than separate. I tried it your way as well, and yes, I agree, but I don't really like this candy. Okay, well, I do, so... Looks like I got something for my lunches. And while we fight this out, let's hear from our sponsor. The Mess All Podcast is a proud member of the Alberta Podcast Network. Locally grown, community supported. This episode of the Mess All Podcast is brought to you by Yag Pod Fest, presented by Edmonton Community Foundation, in partnership with Alberta Podcast Network and Lit Fest, Canada's nonfiction festival. Running October 1st through 3rd, 
The Egg Pod Fest will be held online this year, so anybody can tune into the experience. Events include master classes with professional podcasters, panel discussions, feature interviews, and more. Some of APN's member shows will be there too. So join us for the virtual party from October 1st through 3rd. To check out the full lineup and get tickets, head to yegpodfest.ca. That's Y-E-G podfest.ca. So next up, we have elderflower drink. In in Sweden, the appearance of elderflowers signal the beginning of summer. I think almost like strawberries here, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> so elderflowers were believed by Swedes to have magical properties in ancient times. And they were used in some intriguing ways to ward off e- evil spirits and or have good luck. So they were used in wedding decoration. It was good luck to plant them by your house. If you were pregnant and kissed an elder tree, it was said to bring good luck. <laughs> Sleeping under a tree if you're sick was said to be, to cure you. So the only way I think about sleeping under a tree while sick is usually passed out drunk. So would that At Christmas cu- time. Would that okay. cure your hangover? Probably, maybe. Mm. We'll, we'll see, maybe if it was an elder tree. They were also used for colds and flus and help with diabetes. Elder flowers have vitamin C and often drink made in drink form. So we have a little juice box. Avery already stuck the straw in, but did you pour me a glass? Nope. Let's see how you're going to get me in a sample in my sample cup without well, making a mess. First thing I'm going to do is pull out Take the straw. The straw. <laughs> you're still going to make a mess taking that straw out. I guarantee. Yep. It's already leaking over you. <laughs> Ooh, it's just clear. I thought it would be kind of yellowish. You can buy the syrup at Ikea as well. That's good. I'll let you have the box. And it's an environmentally good non-plastic straw. Hmm. No, I like the elderflower. What's that cider I drink? Strongbow. Thanks, You have tips. some elderflower juice on your crotch. Told yeah, you you I have it on my hands. I have I it on my crotch. Make a mess. I got some drooling down my face. <laughs> now he's stuck to things. I really liked that. It was nice and like did kind of taste like fu- summer. Not fummer, <laughs> summer. Um, so I want to say like a sophisticated taste or like an adult kind of taste. I can't imagine kids going for this and drinking it from a little juice box. And when I think juice box, I think kid. Although I love to drink out of a juice box. What did you think? I didn't enjoy it. Huh. I didn't enjoy the flavor. I thought it was... Flowery? Yeah, floral. No, I don't mind floral stuff. <laughs> I just didn't enjoy this. Huh. Maybe there's like this little bitterness to it. No, I really enjoyed it. I really like elderflower as it turns out. My hands are sticky. Disagree on that one, too. (laughs) So by the sounds of the air air horn, we have a bonus item. Which hopefully we agree on. We have Worcester sauce chips. (laughs) Worcester? (laughs) Worcester? I thought it was Worcestershire. No, it's not because it's, look at the, I I had written it down like that, but it's Worcester sauce, which is basically Worcestershire sauce. (laughs) That's one of those ones you can't do without sounding drunk. Worcestershire or Worcester sauce, same thing as far as I can see from my readings, was created by pharmacist John Wheelie Lee and William Henry Perrin in Worcester, which is a city in Worcester. Come on, you got it. The city in (laughs) Worcestershire County, England in 1837. So the story... The story goes that it was that Lord Marcus Sandis, a former governor of Bengal, had it in, had a fermented fish sauce in India in, when he was serving. Mm-hmm. And so he paid local apothecaries to recreate this sauce. So that led to 
Liam Perrin's making one. Now, I guess they made it and it was inedible, so they kept the barrel in a basement for a couple of years and it mellowed over time and then it was sellable in 1837 and they didn't get a trademark for it so it's just a generic term at least that was decided in the courts in 1876 so Liam and Perrins is kind of the the ones to come up with it but anything can call be called Worcestershire yeah sauce. but I think a couple things I've noticed is a lot of people just call it Liam Perrins yeah because it's easier to say maybe and yeah. maybe they're the but I've seen I watch a, this guy online he makes Cajun food yeah, and, and I like him. He he seems he seems very like just throwing stuff together. But if you know about cooking, I think he's like trained, knows what he's talking about because just some of the words he uses, but his mannerisms are kind of weird. But like he has that southern accent, which I find awesome, and just an awesome cook. He bakes a lot of jambalayas and stuff, but he just calls yeah. it W, and yeah. he uses a lot of it. Like the last couple of like I think his TikTok videos, like minute long videos yeah he's like marinated stuff but when i use it i just use a couple drops but he's just throwing in a whole bottle so i'm thinking about using it a little bit more in my marinades just to see if i and a lot more of it just to see if that flavor comes through because i do enjoy the flavor of it did you have it growing up no we always didn't added it on steaks okay grilled steaks i fried steaks when i make um hollandaise i like Ooh. to add a little bit extra to because i do enjoy the flavor of it yeah. so i'm thinking if I use a little bit more marinades, like a chicken or something, it'll become a really nice. So yeah, and for anyone, there are anchovies in it. Yeah, um, tamarind, tamarind, just kind of, and a lot of things like molasses and stuff. So yeah, it's a yeah. distinct flavor. I really enjoy it too. And this is Walker's chips, uh, crisps, of course. Crisps, yes. Oh, yep, that's that distinct. That's good. L and P sauce. <laughs> Somebody heard us eating chips and came into the podcast room. His name is Buster, official taste chest, official taste tester, chip taste tester of the podcast. I feel like I just want to eat a steak and have those on the side. Yes. Like I said, I always added it to my steak just on top, so it tastes perfect. These are good. I can see me buying them again. Buster, he enjoys it. <laughs> <laughs> if anyone can hear. It was a good bonus item. I like those. Glad to see we're agreeing about something. <laughs> but I think they'd be, I think you're right. Oh, on a hamburger. Ooh. Or like, I think dipping those into hollandaise sauce would be awesome. Okay. I, I, I don't see that. I don't know. Just that texture on the chips might be too much for me. And but I it, like hollandaise. Yeah. But I think you're right. Burger, steak on the side. Do you know what I picture though? One of those like minute steaks. Like it's almost like. It's tenderized so much yeah. it almost looks a bit like a hamburger. You know what yeah, I'm talking? They're yeah. like they're really cheap. I Got picture that for a lunch with this. <laughs> Maybe something like and I picture fried like onions. fried onions and not any pepper, but green pepper, which I rarely buy. All and right. that would be a perfect Yeah. Perfect lunch. Yeah, I like those. That'd be good. Yeah. I like that. They won't last till we uh, get a steak. <laughs> they won't as last till tonight. Until <laughs> bed. So what do we have next on our IKEA adventure? Next, we have lingonberry chocolate. So when you, well, first, if you look up elderflower, in, I, I, let's start again. <laughs> I'm, all, I'm all a fluster. So I found all the elderflower information on SwedishFood.com where they have a Swedish Foodpedia okay. on that website. And when you look up elderflower, you find Ikea, the drink, the syrup they sell. And you also find the lingam lingonberry, the jam, 
the drink from the ones from Ikea. So lingonberries are essential in many dishes. They're full of antioxidants, said to help with skin damage, prevent cancers and some infections. So tradition is to have lingonberry jam and porridge, give it to kids to kind of start their day out right with all these good things, and then add lingonberries to lots of other mains. In fact, yeah, we will talk about one of those mains in a second, but let's have a try. This is with chocolate. I'm pretty excited. I'm expecting this to taste like that chocolate with hibiscus. Yeah, I was thinking the same thing when I saw this. So It reminds me of a fruit and nut without the nut, although they are more sour, more sourer than raisins. I was hoping to have more lingonberry flavor in there. The chocolate was a little bit too overpowering for it. Mm -hmm. It wasn't bad. I'm definitely going to have more of it. But yeah, it was just not... I think the flavor is there, but the chocolate was a little bit too overpowering for it. I didn't find that. I found the lingonberry was nice. Um, mm-hmm. I wish there was more chunks of it. It almost seemed like a spread out paste kind of as opposed to like, yeah. and I don't really know how big a lingonberry is and if you can, like what size they are and whatever. But I It has like a little f- floral taste to it. It reminds me of a fruit and nut bar. Yeah, I can see that. I've been buying Ikea chocolate bars for years, usually just plain Mm -hmm. dark chocolate when I go there. It's a good price, good chocolate. Yeah. You know, I always like to have something on hand, so this one might be added to my repertoire, even though it's milk chocolate. Nice. So I think we can't talk about Ikea without talking about, or Ikea food without talking about our next item, so. Yeah. Salmon. No, (laughs) meatballs. (laughs) I couldn't think of anything. I mean, I alluded to it with lingonberry because- lingonberry jam on the meatballs is one big thing in Sweden, Swedish food or gravy. But I'd say meatballs are synonymous with Ikea restaurants and even Sweden, Swedish meatballs, right? So the restaurant at Ikea was first introduced in 1958 and served Swedish foods like lingonberry jam, salmon, and meatballs. And in other countries, Ikea restaurants serve things Uh, like foods of the country, almost like McDonald's, which I didn't realize, like poutine in Canada, kosher food in Israel, and shawarma in Saudi Arabia. Ooh, I would definitely try an Ikea shawarma. It makes me feel like I want to travel and go to Ikea just to see. (laughs) Now, maybe I shouldn't talk about this before we eat the meatballs, but in 2013, they pulled 17,000 Swedish meatballs from European stores. I guess that's bags of meatballs, actually. Mm -hmm. Because testing in the Czech Republic showed traces of horse meat mm-hmm. in the products. I don't know if you remember this. I think uh, vaguely I remember. I remember it. a scandal about European meat not, not yeah. having horse meat. Yeah, um, I think it, I don't remember necessarily being meatballs. but Not being Ikea per se, yeah. but yeah. Which they don't say they have horse meat. They say beef and pork. In Feb- um, So they pulled them out in February, but a couple months later and or a month later, a couple weeks later in March, a Swedish newspaper found out about it and then reported on it. So then they kind of had to come clean. They stopped doing business with with their main meatball supplier who traced the horse meat to a slaughterhouse in, in a... Did you say Maine or Maine? <laughs> I said Maine. <laughs> but, uh, you know, a main meatball supplier of Ikea, that's probably a lucrative deal. The Maine meatball supplier i mean you can't I'm see trying my to writing think of, of good <laughs> but it's made of good horse puns here yeah and i just can't think of it oh like main like a main yeah. i thought you were saying maim like to die like to maim no. a horse i mean <laughs> i guess you can no i'm not talking about killing horses here just eating them yeah 
which anyway. <laughs> so Swedish meatballs actually came from Turkey and King Charles VIII brought brought these meatballs to Sweden in the early 18th century. And maybe it kind of just meatballs were around, maybe kind of it, Italian too, but they differ from Italian meatballs in that they're smaller and spiced with things like allspice instead of like garlic and, mm-hmm. and nutmeg and instead of garlic and Parmesan, now that right. I think back. But somehow I put nutmeg after, yeah, I messed it up. I can't read my own writing. So we have some meatballs. I wish we bought the jam to buy to have with them. Our dog is very intrigued. I mean, we've all had meatballs from Ikea, I'm sure, but... Not a, this is the first time we brought them home, I think. They're kind of better than I thought they'd be making them at home somehow. They're kind of crispy on the outside. They're not as spongy as a lot of pre-made meatballs can be. They <gasps> taste very meaty. Yeah, I, I like them. They were they were good. I got mine down pretty quick. You can also buy plant-based ones these days. Yeah, I saw them there. They had plant-based hot dogs as well. Mm-hmm. But I don't think that was what we wanted for this podcast. Oh, no, no. But, yeah, they were good. I enjoyed them. I think... The little lingonberry jam would be good, like you said. Yep. I think people might like this with a mushroom sauce. Yeah, yeah. That's another. For me, no. Kind of like a creamy mushroom sauce is another. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, let's uh, take a little break and bring you an ad from our sponsor and we'll do a recap and we'll go from there. Yeah. With ATB Cares, giving is easy. Donate through ATB Cares and ATB will match 20% of every dollar donated to eligible Albertan charities, maximizing the impact of your donation. Visit atbcares.com to choose your cause and donate today. So what you think, Gabe? I thought there were some good things and some not so good hmm. things. Meatballs, I think were really good. I think they really did a good job. And I think they have to do a good job with meatballs because it is their staple. Yeah. So I definitely buy another bag of those to take home. Yeah. The chips were amazing. Yes. They were the best thing. Yeah, and the other stuff was all right. I really enjoyed the alderflower drink, but it makes me actually want to buy the syrup instead and okay. add my own to sparkling water, Yep, which I have an alderflower syrup to add to my sparkling water already, but I think this might be a just as good, cheaper option. Yeah, yeah I can see that. Based on just this drink. Yeah, meatballs, meatballs. Yeah, just so easy. They were just, it took 15 it took 15 minutes because they're so small just to bake in the oven. Pretty I'm easy glad, meal. I'm glad we cooked extra so I can bring them, yep. bring them for my lunch tomorrow. So I liked that chocolate. It's Ikea food, right? Like Ikea uh-huh. meatballs, like Ikea chocolate. I yep. don't expect high-end stuff, so I'm not yeah. basing it on a high-end yeah. price point, you know? So, But those chips were amazing. Yeah, I can see me buying those chips again and mm. meatballs. I think that next time I make, well, I make round fries, so they're thicker than a potato chip, but I think I might put some Worcestershire sauce yeah, on that. Yeah, I think I will too. And see how that goes. Maybe make yeah. them thinner. Maybe make like some homemade baked potato chips. Yeah. I'll make my own. <laughs> um, Just because they're easier than trying to find walkers. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, Ikea, you did all right. So you did anything good this week? So I had... <laughs> I had a hot dog the other day, which was really good because it was cooked on a charcoal barbecue. I was going to say a burger, yeah, yeah, and we had the same barbecue. We were at the same barbecue. Oh, I don't remember seeing you there. I was across the table. Oh, okay. I came with my husband. Oh. You. <laughs> um, yeah, that was good. I, uh, just uh, sometimes simple stuff cooked simply is just amazing. And also, people don't understand as cooks. Sometimes I think people are a little afraid to cook for us, but I think... 
we're the easygoing people. We know what goes into having people over and cooking for people. Yeah. That it's that we're always appreciative. Thanks, Andrea. Yeah. Um, um, but other than that, nothing really stands out. Oh, chicken, those chicken sandwiches I made yesterday. Yeah. With the breadcrumbs. He, so he tenderized some and flattened some chicken thighs and then added breadcrumbs and ends of random chip crumbs, like the ends of bags. <laughs> yeah, there was some With a sour triple cream. salted <laughs> uh, plain. plain chips and there was some barbecue chips in there and some end of the bread crusts and... Yeah. So. Yeah, with that Nashville hot sauce that what was it called? Oh, that we had on the Yeah, podcast. we had it a Bow Grizzly sauce. Yes. And it was good. Oh, that yeah. sauce was good. It was it made was. for chicken and Yeah, and you had I didn't make mine a sandwich. I just wasn't super yeah. hungry, but you had just white like French bread from Safeway. Yeah. yeah. It was good. I I think it would have been really good. I know traditional or I don't know traditional, but I've been seeing National hot chickens with just like pickles on it lately. Yeah. But I think just like a creamy coleslaw in there. Yep. Would be really good. Um, I'm going to talk about something that was a miss make. It wasn't even cooked. That still was kind of good. I made tahini date protein balls. Mm-hmm. And then put them in the freezer and then put them into my lunch. And they kind of just, they weren't formed. I guess they only stayed in ball form until they froze and then I kept them in the freezer. And I just had this puddle of like <laughs> I saw that. and oats, sun-dried cherries. <laughs> and I just ate it with a spoon and it was delicious. It wasn't as fun as ball form, but homemade sun-dried cherries? Yes. Yes. Well not sun-dried, dehydrated cherries. Because yeah. I didn't put them in the sun. I put them in the hydrator. We right? got a ten pound box of cherries and I sat there pitting them all one night. And I dehydrated a bunch. And we froze a bunch. Yeah. We ate a bunch. But I want to give a shout out to somebody. I want to sh- give a shout out to Shane. He's always emailing me, telling me about the podcast. Yeah. And, but they emailed me and said he bought the strawberry mochi from Superstore. Yeah, yeah. Because we talked about it on the podcast and he loved it. So. Oh, good. Because yeah. that was delicious. It was. It was really good. So thanks, Shane, for listening. I appreciate that. Thanks, Shane. Keep on listening. <laughs> and keep on eating. Yeah, keep on eating.